this is how I look at vacation. If this is where you want to spend your time and money, this is how you should spend your time and money. But I will say it is a, it is certainly a notably different experience. Welcome back, everybody, to another bonus edition of the DCL Duo podcast. And this evening, I'm happy to have on Steve with us from Tampa. Welcome, Steve. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's great. Steve reached out and he was telling me about his resort stay at Riviera and we got to talking and I thought it'd be really fun to have Steve on the show. So we're going to call this the summer of firsts edition of our bonus episode. And so Steve, you had a number of firsts this summer and it's been an unusual summer to say the least. And so to have a bunch of firsts during the summer, I think is really kind of fun and interesting. So let's start at the beginning. Where should we start? What was your what was your first new Disney experience this summer? So it's been obviously it seems a little bit done it. Say it's a weird time and a weird summer, right? So I was supposed to have a 65th birthday surprise for my mother rented a nice, the Grand Villa at Old Key West for a couple of days over the course of her birthday. As this pandemic was playing out, we didn't know what would be open, what we'd have access to. And also my mother's turned just turned 65 and, and my stepfather. So they're in a, a high risk age range. So I thought, let's postpone this until there's a time when we could really, I think, do this properly. So I had these points from our DVC contract and I, I I, I thought about potentially banking, but I'm a little bit worried about availability in the future. And then what we ended up doing effectively was going to Hilton Head that had just recently opened, I believe about 10 days before we arrived back in June. And we stayed there for the weekend. We rented a one bedroom and it was awesome. I don't want to frame any of this about like be overly positive because of uh, this in the midst of this pandemic and all this suffering that's taking place right now globally, you know, so so it's, it's a little weird to say like try to have like a silver lining about things. But, you know, for us, I don't know if we would have been motivated or had the points to go to Hilton Head. So that was really cool. The resort was absolutely beautiful. It may have been one of the nicest and cleanest rooms we have ever been in. There was certainly that level of anxiety going in, but I thought they handled things really well. You know, uh, stuff that I think has been mentioned on your show too, some of their practices, but even more so there, I felt like they were taking more precautions or had more procedures than I had noticed in stays subsequent to that at other DVC resorts in Disney World. And there's probably a lot of logistical reasons for that, but Hilton has, of course, more contained. You don't have to deal with theme parks, out a lot of outside guests. It's only people that are staying there. But, you know, no no one in the lobby to check in, masks on, on property, and the room was actually ready incredibly early. I've had DVC rooms go to like like four, sometimes four fifteen, and I'm like, oh please, <laughs> you know, it's like I've got <laughs> toddlers that need to get nap over where it's like really hot. It was ready like eleven forty five in the morning, and it was seamless. It was easy. There's no there's no magic bands at the resort. We got our our card from the lobby, and the room is absolutely stunning. If I could, I can't recommend trying that out enough if you could get in there on cash or rent points or if you're a DVC member. It's a beautiful resort. And we just enjoyed the pool and the beach house. And it was our first little touch back into Disney, you know, Disney waffles, Mickey bars and that kind of stuff. You sort of mentioned that, you know, the, that resort in some ways is connected in with the community where it sits in a way that when you go to Disney World, you're in a bubble. How did you feel about that from a vacation standpoint? Did it, did it feel like you were able to kind of maintain some safety and, and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. So, at the, you know, back in June, particularly down in the Southeast in Florida, you know, even if you're like mildly paying attention to the news, you knew that there started to be a, a real, a tremendous outbreak along the Southeast. Yeah. And yeah. so what was weird is we, we had this on the books and you're just kind of reading the news and going, wow, this is, this is looking bleak, you know, worse and worse every day. So it, what was alarming is, I, I'm forgetting the name of the place that was like right outside the property there. It's on the water. You know, when we were there, like right outside, there was 
some live music happening and a lot of people in this restaurant. We actually ordered some takeout from the restaurant. We weren't comfortable at that time, particularly going in anywhere, going to any restaurants. We really didn't do Hilton Head a lot of justice. We weren't there to really explore that. We were really just in that bubble. I, I did feel better inside that bubble. And I thought compliance and, and guests you know, were, were really, really good at that time. But it was interesting, right? To look out and see like, oh, there's like live music and people like outside, no mask mingling at this point. Yeah, it's got to be surreal. I mean, something you said up front about not wanting to portray as a silver lining or anything like that. Even if we don't want to find silver linings and things, we got to find the positives where we can in this environment, right? So it's, it's, life gets pretty bleak pretty quickly with all the news out there. So even if you, if you don't want to label a silver lining, I'm glad your family found a way to, you know, have a moment of, you know, at least a bit of normalcy and fun. Yeah. And I, I thought about this before we were going to talk too, because you, you've been doing a lot of these shows. I think they're helpful. It's nice to live vicariously through someone else's experience too. I mean, that's that's why the, I think the, uh, podcasts and vlogs and things like that exist. It, it gives people a little bit of an insight to see what's going on. But without getting too into the weeds here, I, I think it's so cruel that the place that we look for, for some escapism and fun with our families, with ourselves, with our loved ones, whoever, it, it is so desired in a time that it is so bleak, right? Like there's just such this juxtaposition that's happening between what you're seeing in the world, not to, not not in any depressing way, just in a real way. And that would be the time you want to throw yourself into escapism. And I, and I think that's why people are are coming out and wanting to you know to explore and take little risks here and there because they really they really feel like they need it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, so. Okay, Hilton Head, what's your next Disney first over the summer? So we went from Hilton Head and then my wife and I really, who doesn't love Polynesian? I don't think there's any people that don't like the Polynesian. And if you don't, your opinion is wrong. But so we did a weekend Polynesian in July. This is going back, I got it to about around July 25th. So I think the parks have been open for about two weeks at that point. It took some, I hadn't talked to my wife for a little bit. Let's just put it that way. She was very apprehensive and I wasn't being coercive, but you know, maybe convincing. You know, at that point, the two week period had gone by. We saw some other friends and people, you know, kind of go, you know, we weren't, we were not wanting to be like the first person there. We booked the Polynesian and some of the first we have was obviously walking into a theme park in the midst of the pandemic. That was a, that was a first. But after we got through the anxiety of that moment, what we did the first time that day was my, my son and I went on Mine Train. I had never been on it. Been annual pass for oh, wow. three years. He had never been on it. Oh, excuse me. No, he had with my wife and he loves that ride. Sorry, I had not been on it. How old is your son? He's five. I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old, uh, two boys. I think we took my son on like one roller coaster before Mine Train. And he was really reticent to get on Mind Dream. And now he lo- it's like by far that and Slinky Dog are his two favorite roller coasters for sure. Yeah. My son, exactly. That and Slinky Dog. For some reason, he won't get on. I think Thunder is like a little too, I don't know, maybe loud. Throw him around a little bit. But uh, Seven Dwarfs is a little bit, little bit more smooth. So that was a first. And here's the other thing about first here uh, to, to use the theme. If we go on some of these rides, I'm not a huge, I don't, none of us are really, but since we don't have to come from afar, sometimes it, it, it limits us from like standing in line for a really long time. It's one of those things like we'll be back. So I'd never been in some of these queues either. I'd never seen, I've been through the fast pass line for some of these things, but it hadn't been through the queue. So he, and, and my son hadn't been through the queue. He really loved the queue. Parts of the queue are, are pretty awesome on that ride in particular. So those are other firsts, you know, actually 
like going through a ride queue. Yeah, that's something some other guests have shared is that you would never walk like a lot of people go for the fast pass for flight of passage and they don't ever get to see the full queue. But now they're walking through the queue. So yeah, that's 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 an awesome experience. I think. Yeah, it is. It is. It made me like I feel like at that point, that's where like for a lot of like a really good queue, it's where it starts. You know, the, the whole the theming and the imagination of the whole thing. It makes you really appreciate the, the thought process that, that goes into everything in a different way that fast pass does it. And I personally hope that fast pass goes forever. I am not a fast pass person. Just, you know, if, if 30 or 40 or even 50 minute lines, if you have like sub one hour for your premier attractions, even on crowded days, that would be fine. Like I'm not, or do max pass like Disneyland does. So going through queues and doing that was a first. And it was a good day. It was like a toe in. We were, not to get too much into this, I think there was a couple moments where my wife started to feel a little uncomfortable in the crowd. Remember, I think as you come out of this, if you've been in public anywhere yet, Brian, or in a, in a little bit more of a crowded space after being home for a while, for me, there was a little bit of like anxiety. And for her, she was definitely feeling it a little bit um, in certain locations. We went on a Saturday, and I will tell you down here right now that the weekdays and the weekends are totally different worlds. I've heard that. One of the guests we had on recently, Chris, I think he was there for basically like a, a stay that covered the week. And then he was coming in and leaving on the weekends. And he posted lots of photos at the parks, mostly empty. And I think the response he got was, yeah, you know, that's right during the week. But on the weekend, it's a totally different environment. It, it, it is. And even as quote unquote locals, I, I wouldn't necessarily consider us locals since we're not terribly close being an hour away. But it's especially now with the reduced park hours, like going during the week, both of my wife and I both work. Now, this has been the first week of, of virtual school for my son. He's in kindergarten. So we're weekend people. I do have people that are there like during the week and their experience is like, look at this. There's nobody here in Fantasyland. You're like, that's not what I experienced at all. And, and actually, we, we did Country Bears. They did Dumbo. We did Buzz. We have to go to Buzz. We have to go to Tomorrowland when we go to Magic Kingdom. It's like a routine. We did get on a lot of rides and spend about a half day there. And then we ate at the Wave and that was our first indoor dining experience in about five months. So <laughs> there's another. That has been probably like the most, uh, you know, for me, based on the research my wife like that's been the most apprehensive thing is being indoors for too long a period of time you know the wave was was awesome there were, wasn't a lot of people there and our server recognized us and had us before uh, he was awesome and it was a great experience if you haven't been to the wave go go check out the wave i think the wave is awesome sticking on this theme for a second i know and we're probably skipping ahead a bit but one of the other firsts you had right was kona cafe yeah which was great kona was great i i Saw some reviews previously where it had undergone some change in management and, you know, there was some mixed reviews, but I thought Kona was fantastic. Were you there for breakfast or dinner? Yeah, we did dinner there and food was really solid. We had, we booked early. I know another guest was on talking about booking early. Our kids generally eat early anyway. They're, you know, somewhere between five and six. We took one of the first reservations we could for dinner and there was nobody near us. As we were leaving, I think there might've been four or five tables by that point. But in, in speaking to that, if I could, I don't want to get veer too far from the theme, but having this stay in Polly in general, just one thing to, at, at that point, I know things are slowly opening. You had no Ohana, you had no Trader Sam's, you had one pool bar, the quiet pool bar was closed. So you are paying almost the same price, if not the same price for an experience that is different. There are less options. That, that did affect our stay a little bit. You know, in the morning, there was, you know, that espresso, the coffee bar that's up there in the morning that was closed. Well, and I dare say seeing a poly during this period of time without some of the amenities you just talked about, Ohana being one, it's pretty pivotal. I mean, Ohana is a, a food experience that people go to even if they're not staying at poly, right? Yeah. I mean, like Captain Cook's at one point, like we, mo I mobile ordered in the morning when it, uh, the next day when it, and I, I went out for a run, mask on the whole time. 
got myself an there was another Under Armour mask. It was it's really great. It's not wonderful to run in. I wasn't out there, you know, trying to run a half marathon or marathon, but you know, I went a couple miles around. It's a beautiful run over there. It's one of my favorite things to do is at any Disney resort is find a running path and just get out there, you know. So we kept the mask on, and while I was running, mobile ordered Captain Cooks. Well, I, I stood there for about twenty five to thirty minutes before the mobile order was ready because every single person staying at the resort was doing the same thing. And with the procedures and the limited options, and plus, remember, number of parks opening a little bit later, where are you getting food? So that's the other thing. I think we, we did bring some stuff with us. We do bring a cooler when we go. Get, again, we, we drive. We we live local. It's, it's not incredibly hard for us. I would recommend that as a little insight, though, a little tip. If you have... My kids get up, they're hungry right away. If you do plan on going with some of these limited options with differing hours and stuff like that, have some something in your room ready. I'm a bit of a coffee snob. I travel with good coffee, like because I realized I couldn't get some of the better stuff. So you and my wife would be you and my wife would be fast friends, Steve, because she can't stand Joffrey's coffee. <laughs> if you, if I, I please let's have a discussion. I want to talk to you. Tell me how you drink that stuff and the stuff that's in the room. If you can drink the stuff in the room, you are the most powerful, brave person I've ever met. <laughs> I only do it for the caffeine. Like the, just choking it down in the morning is the only way. No, were you staying DVC at Polly or are you just staying at a normal resort stay? Yeah, I think at the, only the DVC was open. Usually in the summer at Polynesian, you know, stringing a couple of days together is tough. But I love those studios. For our family of four, they're, they're huge. They sleep five. They're big studios. I, I really love them. Well, I know you're friends with Steve over at the DCL podcast. Don't say that too loudly or Christy's going to come after you because she hates the lack of storage. But yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, we pack in one small suitcase for the four of us. Oh, yeah. Well, I, there you go. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. and if we have a one bedroom that has the washer dryer, forget it. Pack in like two things and then just keep washing. I don't even care. Yeah. Well, so what else? What other first, Steve? What other first did we have uh, this summer? Yeah. So see, we, we, we finished up. We went to uh, Animal Kingdom, walk on Flight of Passage, first time ever. It's not like that now. So that's already a month ago. So that's the, the evolution here. I, from what I understand, maybe during the week, but at the time they were like re-ride. Like, do you want to get on again? You know, after you came off the ride, which is just incredible. It's just a wonderful ride if you haven't experienced it. It was amazing. However, I don't want to put you under the false pretense that it's like that now. Sometimes I'll look at the app. It's like 45, 50 minutes, which still isn't really bad. But at the point, that point, it was a literal walk-on. First time we saw the queue for Navi River. Really cool. Well, let's keep going with first, Steve. What else? What else? My wife got on Rise of the Resistance for the first time. We both did it. We got a pass right at 10 a.m. It was very crowded at the begin the entrance to Hollywood Studios. Not going to lie. That was the second most harrowing experience, I think, in this. It's a little bit dramatic description, but second most uncomfortable one. My wife got on Rise of the Resistance. She absolutely loved it. She's not a Star Wars fan in particular, but she loves a theme and a narrative and a story in that ride. You know, you can't beat that. That's the nice thing about Rise is, I, well, I think you can appreciate it even without being a Star Wars fan. Like, just appreciate the ride and the show and the quality of it. It's it's an amazing ride, even if you're not a Star Wars fan. Yeah, I I, I love Galaxy's Edge. I mean, I know that people have different opinions about it. I, I really like it. I know Hollywood Studios is like nothing of what it once was or was intended to be. It's this. It's a very bizarre place, to be honest. But but I, I, I really love Galaxy's Edge. It's just like feels like its own thing, which I guess it's obviously intended to do. And we spend a lot of time in there. And speaking of that, like that's my son finally got up the uh, gumption to go on on the Millennium Falcon. And in the closure, my youngest was tall enough to ride it. So we went on 
all four of us. Uh, yeah. So he just, I think it's 38 inches and he grew enough to get on the, that was the other thing that happened. Like my three-year-old grew enough to get on some rides. So that was really cool. And they loved it. My son was the right, right pilot. Oh, nice. Yeah. He gets to pull the, pull the, pull the handle for hyperdrive, right? Yeah. yeah he loved it. My three, I mean, if I could show you a picture of his face on the ride, if you looked at his face, you would have thought this child is never going to get on a ride again. He didn't make a peep, but he was like horrified. <laughs> he got <laughs> off and he thought that was the greatest thing ever. So it was really an awesome moment as a parent. It was really, really cool. Have you been, have you been out to, have you been out to Disneyland, Steve? I haven't. Our dream is to make a trip from Florida over to California, spend a couple of days in Disneyland in California, then jump over to Hawaii and stay to Lani and yep. never come home. <laughs> <laughs> well, or at least take like a cruise the long way back, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Now, okay. Uh, okay. Let me just make that note, start saving, put a note here, Rob A. Bank. Okay, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> so. So that was that was really great. A lot of a lot of first at, at Hollywood Studios for us. So we, we did all four all four parks, and then our our next first came this past weekend, and we went to your home resort, Brian, place that you are uh, a big big stan of, if you will, which is Riviera. <laughs> Plenty of resorts that we love at, at Walt Disney World. Let me just be, but but uh, we are super happy to own at Riviera. <laughs> yeah, it. So I went in with some skepticism. It was supposed to be our anniversary weekend, so I thought that you know uh, we had reservations at Topolino's uh, my, my mom was supposed to take our kids I was, I was telling you before we started recording this whole thing got turned around my mom was unable to to take the, the kids we had to bring them with us which was totally fine they, they absolutely they love going to a new resort you know they're like they love hotels you know they're, they're lucky enough to have been to a good amount of them so they were happy that it went really well what kind of what kind of room did you have at Riviera we had deluxe studio standard view and we had a, from what I've heard is the best view it's the view of Epcot and if you squint, you can see Magic Kingdom. If you have a, a resort only stay or if you're just going to hang out in a room, man, they got some of the nicest rooms. And they're also brand new, obviously. We could talk a little bit more about Riviera if you like, because I could give you some pros and cons if you want to go that route. But I don't, I don't want to. No, it's your home. Go resort. ahead. <laughs> go, go ahead. No, no. I, what, are, what are your pros and cons for Riviera? Well, it is the newest resort in their portfolio. So, you know, when uh, things start to open back up and people want to visit. So what are, yeah, what are the pros and cons? I absolutely would like to stay there again. I've seen the one bedroom are beautiful. The rooms are probably the room and what I've heard about Topolino's and what I experienced at Primo Piazza, which was a first and La Petite Cafe. Fantastic. Quick serve. The kids pizza there felt like just like this brick oven pizza with like good crust. And I was like, where am I? Disney usually doesn't have good pizza. So like it was really, I thought it was really good. The places where I could see some of the feedback that people are giving, I think some of the public spaces, hallways, and so on. Sometimes I was like, where am I? What resort am I in? Because the the accents that you're getting are, you're getting some of the Disney art. But it, my, my rubric for judging is like, I think Disney has this fine line where it goes like theming gets to be like tacky and an explosion of like over the top and where it's not present. And that's been a little bit of the criticism of like the room renovations with they're doing it all the same and pulling up the carpet, put it in the Murphy. You know, it's very sort of bland. There's a happy medium in there. And at times, how that subtle, elegant feeling, but you weren't sure that you were particularly on a, in a Disney, Disney resort. It's fair. I would say it's fair. I think, I think Riviera actually in my book does a little bit better on the theming than even Bay Lake Tower. 
Yes. Because I feel like the contemporary, you know you're in the contemporary. It's very modern. But Bay Lake T- Tower, you sort of just feel like you could, you could be at a Hilton, right, at some level. Yep. Yeah, Riviera, I feel like, has just a little bit. Of, it's sort of trying to go for that elegance. But I could also perfectly understand and see the viewpoint of when you're in a room or in a hallway off of a room, you're just in a really nice luxury resort, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah. I, that's yeah. kind of how I felt like. I felt like Riviera was somewhere between Bay Lake and Grant. Like that's where the elegance, the subtle theming, maybe you could critique a little bit. It was a little sterile or a little like some other resorts like you talked about with Bay Lake. And I really like Bay Lake, particularly because you have top of the world when I don't think it's open right now. But to me, that's a big selling point. Um, I love top mm-hmm. of the world. But yeah, but Riviera, like that's, that's, I'm being probably a little nitpicky. But it's a good point. I think, so like, look, Bay Lake Tower too, when you walk in a room, you know you're at Disney because you're probably staring at the Magic Kingdom. Like those rooms have right. Magic Kingdom views at least on one side or on the other side, you're, you know, you're staring at the lake. I guess the point I would make is if you want to buy into DVC and you want a resort that has theming, I'm not sure Riviera is going to give it to you, right? Like that's that's probably not, if that's important to you, you're probably not going to get it there. But I think Riviera has a lot of other pluses to it. So, yeah. Yes. And we, I love the Skyliner. I know the, like when it rained, it wasn't running and it absolutely poured in the evening one night. I mean, torrential. A pool shut down at five, never opened back up. It was just, it wasn't your typical Florida, like thunderstorm in the afternoon where like after 15 to 20 minutes, it's usually kind of like, okay, we're good. It was just pouring. I, I could understand where people are paying those prices, not demeaning a bus or any other way of transportation. But if you really want to get on the Skyliner, get home because there's some sort of convenience or, or walk back like you can from Boardwalk Epcot, even walk from out of the Magic Kingdom and head over to Bay Lake, which is another big selling point, right? There's a little bit of that there where you could say, okay, transportation might have some some hiccups. But Bar Riva, the other awesome, got you drinks by the pool. The little kids splash area was open. It had just opened. It was closed previously for COVID. It was open. My kids loved it. My kids loved the slide. Pools were nice. They're not huge. I think it's got to be the closest location from like where the quiet pool is to where the main pool is. My only criticism of the pool is the slide. So I think the slide is great. Let me put it's not like certainly not the best in the DVC system. Fine. It's a good slide, but the pool is so shallow. I don't know if you went down the slide stairway, you get to the bottom of the slide, you like pounce off the bottom of the pool. And so, so I'm like, I'm like, it's fun until the very end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I could, I could definitely see that. And, and my other little bit of feedback, and I get it, I started to think about it. It, it is a it is a DVC dedicated resort. The lobby is not huge. Bay Lake doesn't have a huge lobby. Kadani's doesn't have it. You know, I, I do get it. It's a kind of, uh, it's a much smaller scale, but I do love the Disney lobby. You know, that's, I think that's part of what plays into what my three favorite places are, which are Wilderness, Polly, and Animal Kingdom. Oh, well, definitely. You need to get out to California and see the Grand Californian. You'll love it. Yeah, I'm sh- I'm certain. I, I think that factors in, you know, that, that there's a there's an awe-inspiring kind of thing about it, uh, you know, when you walk into Jumbo House or uh, I, even Polly. Like, to me, the smell, the scent of the Polly Lobby is like, okay, I'm on vacation. I don't know. Maybe it's weird to say that, but if you've experienced it, you know, or, you know, you have all those candle companies that make the scents like we buy them. And- <laughs> yep. I don't have a lobby scent, but I do have the orange orange scent from soaring over California. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you know how it goes. Yeah. We all, yeah. we got, it's in the veins. It's like an addiction, you know? So the lobbies, I would say it's not necessarily a place you want to like, hang out, but the cafes right off the lobby is great. We got some pastries in the morning and the coffee was wonderful. And then they have the, the lounge, which I spent some time in too. 
I, I so I'll say I kind of liked the lobby at the Riviera to be perfectly honest, just because I know that this is probably also part of the criticism is the mixed metaphor of which Riviera, <laughs> but it felt almost Mediterranean to me a little bit. So I, I, when I walked in, I guess when we went, you know, there, there was a bustling kind of people there, there were lots of cast members around, people checking in, and it felt like a place you could kind of sit and be comfortable, and then. I don't know if you made it downstairs, but the the stairway, the, there's a round stairway that goes down and then there's a hallway. And I loved walking down that hallway and seeing all of the European versions of the movie posters that they had up down there. I thought that was just such a blast. But. Yeah, that is actually, you're right. That is really, that is a cool part of it. I, I do think, again, there is a, a subtlety. So, you know, uh, perhaps if if we were spending a week there and on a weekend, you you would find a little bit more of that. I do think that's the design feature of the hotels that is elegance and subtlety, if, if I could say that. Well, Steve, it seems like you had quite the summer of firsts. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your sharing your thoughts. Any final thoughts you have for folks out there who might be thinking about heading over to Walt Disney World during this time? Yeah, I, I probably have a, a lot of thoughts on this. <laughs> I, I, will, I will say we, we, did, we did make the decision to cancel our annual passes. We had a month extension and this is, it's, it's purely personal. I do, if you have a lot of disposable income or if that's what you want to do with your money, go for it. But I do think you're getting experience that's different and less notably uh, and you're being asked to pay the same thing. And I just thought I had to draw the line there at that. And, and also you can't buy an annual pass right now. And in the midst of all this, my son turned three. So technically, if you're playing by the rules, wink, wink, you need a park ticket for him. So we cannot buy a ticket for him. So the four of us literally could not all go to a park. So we, we decided for the moment to take a, a little hiatus to cancel the pass and when put them up for sale again, and then we figure out what's going on and what the experience is going to look like going forward, we'll, we'll go back or we'll buy a couple day Florida resident day tickets if we really have another day like we do upcoming for a marathon weekend. If, if this is the way you want to spend, this is how I look at vacation. If this is the way you want to spend your time and money, this is how you should spend your time and money. But I will say it is a, it's certainly a notably different experience, you know, um, even though we did have a lot of fun. Uh, but if we had to, if we had to fly, if we had to travel from a far place, we probably would not have, have done these things personally at the moment. Yeah. Well, that is certainly the decision we're wrestling with, with, uh, we have a stay that's supposed to happen over Christmas week and, uh, certainly wrestling with whether we're going to go or not. I can only cross my fingers and hope Marathon Weekend actually happens. I'm getting fatigued of uh, virtual races, to be perfectly honest. They were a novelty and fun in the beginning, but they're getting a little bit fatigued. So I would love to at least be able to experience the real thing for Marathon Weekend this year, um, especially being an inaugural club to, club club run Disney member. Oh my God, so. we got to talk off <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so um anyway but if if it does happen steve and we're there uh we'd love to buy you a drink and meet up in person thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experiences with everyone absolutely thank you for having me As always, I want to thank Steve for coming on and sharing his family's experience at the parks right now. I've been trying through these bonus episodes, I've said before, to just bring you those experiences so you can you know, make your own decisions for your family about what the right thing to do is with planning a Disney vacation during this period. You know, Steve points out it's a uniquely personal decision, which is something I've said all along. You've got to make the right decision for you during this period of time. So nonetheless, I appreciate Steve's coming on. I loved all of his family's firsts during this period. It's amazing to have some fun memories being made during what 
what is a really tough time. So really glad he came on to share those with us. With that, I just wanted to do a quick reminder. This is a bonus episode, so it's coming out on Monday and uh, Monday the 31st. It's the last opportunity you have to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us one of those five-star written reviews to be entered to win both volumes of Cleaning the Kingdom signed by the authors. So if you want a chance to win those volumes, please head over and leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. With that, thanks again for listening for the bonus episode this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also leave us those five-star reviews because they're helpful in surfacing the podcast to others who might be interested in our show. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media, DCL Duo. A number of you have been and we've been having you on the show and that's been a lot of fun. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney Family of Theme Parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Oh, 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 oh